You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. to throw a little curveball and let it go a little longer on the music <laughs> this time just to just to do something a little different change it up just to see how long i was gonna bob my head <laughs> well, i actually wasn't even looking at you girl i was okay. just kind of in my own little world just kind of getting into the into the zone Enjoying for sexy marriage music. radio absolutely so i'm glad that people take time out of their day to get into the zone with us too and invite us into their home and into their heads into their bedrooms their sex life where we can talk straightforward and honestly about all the things that go on in sex the good the bad the not so great the failures the bombs the spectacular i mean everything goes everything fits because that's what we want to try to do is just help your marriage be the hottest that it can possibly be especially Mm -hmm. in the bedroom because winter you know winter's not too far away even though it's still hot in texas right now (laughs) yeah but I keep saying that because winter's not too far away because that also means whenever the holiday season starts rolling around, that's when we're going to open up registrations for the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway 2017. We're opening it up earlier this year, that's, aren't we? What a great Christmas present. Exactly. Is, is commit to your spouse or to each other. Hey, you know what? Let's do an experience as a present this year. Mm-hmm. And we'll do it in June. It's the 22nd through the 25th. And it's here at the DFW area again, the Marriott Solana, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic location where we were two years ago. It's a little more isolated, but that's intentional. Exactly. Because this exactly. is one of those things that we got as feedback was this is a chance to just truly have a great time away with just your spouse and then other couples if you want to interact with them. But it's just, it's a great location, great pool, great outdoor area, great right. ballroom that we meet in. So I can't And that's wait. the most important thing, in my opinion, is uh, this hotel that we used this past time, we maxed out the room. We couldn't f- have fit another couple in that room, but we feel as if with this being the third year that we're offering this, we're building some momentum. Yep. We believe that there's going to be more of you who are you know, finally able to jump on board with this. So we want to go back to a place where we have a larger ballroom and room to grow so that we can host more of you because we want to spend some face-to-face time with you. We've talked about the value, Corey, on our last show of face-to-face and eye-to-eye of direct eye contact. We want to have some direct eye contact with some of our listeners. Yeah. Because I I know that I speak for us both when I say that just those four days that we get to spend with a handful of listeners, it puts so much gas in our tank. It puts so much wind beneath our wings to just put faces and and couples, you know, together with the emails and stuff that we receive and to know that we're talking to real people and we're impacting real marriages and we're strengthening real families. This is, this is our contribution to society. And and those emails (laughs) go to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Because that's the, that's the way you get a hold of us uh, with questions, comments, thoughts, topics, ideas, suggestions. Right? Yep. Because we we want to criticisms. Speak, we want to speak to what will help you the most. Because we really do take what you guys send to help make new shows. Because this mm-hmm. this show, as a matter of fact, is from an email that came earlier this month. Well, as as you're listening to this last month, yeah. But but it's about. 
they want to wanting to hear a little bit more about what to actually do in sex. It's, it's almost like technique, but it's more, I think it's better phrased. What should we be doing when it comes to sex? Because let's face it. Sometimes we go into this whole realm of our life and marriage a bit naive. I mean, we've talked about that a lot. I, I think everybody's naive because we never really know what marriage is like until we're married. Right. But, right. And e even if we come in with sexual experience, it's nothing like married sex. It's right. a whole different ballgame. Right. Because there is that extra layer of commitment that, you know what, even if that was bad, we're still together. You know, we mm -hmm. got to figure this out together. It's something we have to face because it's not going away. So this is the whole show on what should we be doing, which is an interesting question. Because some of it, just in the phrasing of the question, opens up a lot of options. A lot of issues, a lot of pitfalls, a lot of, eh, I'm not quite sure how to, how to think about it yet. Well, I, I've heard many counselors say that um, you shouldn't shit all over yourself. Right. It's shooting on yourself is really a bad thing to do. Right. And it's indicative of the fact that you're comparing yourself to something else. Right. And I believe that comparison is poison. Yes. I just don't think that we ever win at the comparison game. Yep. Like, for example, when I have women come in to my coaching office and they're really struggling with low self-esteem and body image. And so oftentimes it's the most beautiful women that are having this struggle. It's not the ones that you would think would struggle with self-image and body issues. It's the ones that you're scratching your head going, and where do you get these insecurities from? Um, but the reality right. is, is I tell them, if you're going to compare yourself to other women trying to, you know, figure out how you measure up, it's not fair that you're comparing yourself exclusively to the supermodels and the television celebrities, because that's a small percentage of the population of the planet. If you're going to compare yourself, you have to compare yeah. yourself to everybody across the board, everybody, even the, even the 80 right. year olds or the, you know, the people who are on the, you know, television shows for having gastric bypass because now they're over 400 pounds and their life is in jeopardy. Like if you're going to compare yourself, you have to be fair and you have to compare it to everybody. And I've heard that if you right. piled everybody else's problems in the middle of the room and you realize just how much other people wrestle with things and suffer, you would probably just pick your own problems back out of the pile and, and, <laughs> and just be content with yeah. that. I'll, I'll take my stuff and go <laughs> on my merry way. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Because it, I don't, Pam came across this a while back. I'm not sure. It might have been from that book. Uh, was it Jen Hatmaker's yeah. Seven book? I don't, I'm not certain if that's where it's from, but she talked about one of the things that, that a lot of women really face, but this, it, this applies to, to men as well, is the whole idea of don't compete, don't complain, and don't. That's, a, that's really great advice. Because those three C's will get us in mm -hmm. so much trouble. Because we can't right. stack up against like you're describing. Because that's the uh, the other thing I think of when you're talking about comparing is I always think of the weather. You know, I look at the weather. Well, the normal for today is supposed to be 68 degrees. But the, why is it 98 <laughs> degrees? Because it's Texas. <laughs> well, because that's that's part of what makes up right. normal. Well, they though, say if you don't like the weather is, in Texas, just wait curve. a few minutes. True. But it is just recognizing that anytime we had this idea of, you know what, what should we be doing? There's two things that come to mind. One, that's a conversation that needs to take place with your partner, with your spouse, 
because you need to determine that. We could tell you, okay, so first, start with a kiss. It has to be at least two with minutes tongue. long. And, you know, <laughs> no, that that's going to be, well, you can't in- introduce tongue until five seconds in because you got to kind of, you know, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but you, that's the conversation you have to have and kind of figure right. it out together. Because anytime I go into something with this should mentality, I immediately hear anytime somebody says the word should, you're just giving me the exact thing you're not going to do. Mm. You know what? I should be doing this, but it's really just an excuse of why I'm not going to do it. Because that's kind of the weird Interesting. world we live in. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never thought about yeah, it that think way, about but it. I think that you are dead on. Think about it. Yep, it's it, because it's very true. Of, you know, I should be cleaning the house. Translation, I'm going to sit and watch Oprah. I'm not going <laughs> to clean Dr. the house. Right? <laughs> right. And so it's it's some of it comes down to, all right, let's change that, te- that terminology because that that's the whole point of research is the answers aren't as important as the question. If you got, if you ask the right question, that's how you determine if you're going to get a, a good solid answer. Cause you could steer it to anything you want by how you phrase the question. So sometimes let's just change that question from what should we be doing to what do we do that I like? What do we do that I don't like? What do we do that we haven't done that I think would be a lot of fun to explore. This goes back to what we did last week's show of what if we were to branch into something a little bit deeper? What if we did power of the hood <laughs> with our sex life? What if we did, you know, that kind of stuff that it, it just, it, if we change our thought process, because this same thing applies. And let me go on a detour just for a second, back to the whole concept okay. of complaining. Have you ever done a, the 21 day complaint? No, but I, it sounds like I should. Okay. This, this is, <laughs> oh, oh, don't say should it because like that's the, you're telling me you're not going to do it. <laughs> I'll come back to <laughs> Perfect. Now, this was done. I came across this, uh, man, eight years ago from Tim Ferriss, author yeah. of uh, Four Hour Work Week. He's the one that he's the one I read it from. It's probably not his, but he's the one that I, I came across it. And it's just the idea of you put a rubber band or some sort of ribbon on your wrist, and anytime you say a complaint, it's it, that day is lost, and you switch rubber bands, mm-hmm. switch to the other wrist, and it's just a reminder. Because what complaining does is it doesn't mm-hmm. solve anything. So if you just make a statement of fact, man, it's hot. Okay, right. that's not a complaint. Observation. That's just a statement. But if you come at it from a more wallowing, I can't believe how hot it is. It's it's miserable. Now I've, I've kind of bordered into complaining because I'm not doing anything about it. And so I always think of the idea complaining is like a rocking chair. It feels good, but you don't get anywhere. So you just sit there and rock. (laughs) But you're not going (laughs) anywhere. But you don't actually get anywhere, and you don't get anything done. And so the goal is how do I change complaints into statements, and then I start doing something about it. And it's just to see if you can go 21 days without complaining. And you can't. I, I did it, and it's like that's kind of cool. And it took a while. I had well, lots of failures but, <laughs> before I kind of got in the mode of chaining, changing the way I think. My guess is, though, that you probably were much happier and had a more positive outlook and yes. probably slept better at night and right. focused better during the day. And I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm, I'm yep. putting my rubber band on I, after this show. I, I won't leave you dangling nice. to go get it right yeah, now, but I'm going to do that. There's a, a member of one of my husband mastermind groups sent it, sent a the group a an image and it just says some. I, I, I'm gonna 
butcher it, but it basically says if you ha- if you have a do you have a, you have a major problem, and then you got the flow chart of yes or no, and if it's yes, can you do anything about it? And if the answer is no, well then don't worry about it. If the answer is yes, well then don't worry about it. And if and if you don't have a major problem, is there something coming up that could be? Yes, don't worry don't about it. it. No, don't worry about it. And it's just. It all keeps going back to this whole idea. Why are we worried? We don't influence that's the, whole thing. the outcome. Complaining, right? Complaining, comparing, that mm-hmm. makes, that causes worry. And this. And incidentally, for our religious listeners, the Bible refers to worry almost 200 mm-hmm. or so times. We're supposed to cast our cares so, and yeah, consider the lilies of the field right. and all that jazz. Right. And, but it all comes down to right. don't worry. Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> that's the goal. Bobby McFerrin. Don't worry. Yep. Don't yeah. worry. Uh, okay, so yeah. I had a conversation with a client just last week, and she kept shitting all over herself uh, in regards to her relationship, her relationship with different family members. All that. Well, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And I told her, I said, you know, when you use the word "should," it evokes a particular emotion that has the same two letters in the beginning of the word. And she wrestled with it for a few minutes. And she realized it was shame that when she was saying, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. She was casting shame upon herself for not doing it. And I said, instead of beating yourself up and feeling bad about it, what if you just changed the first two letters of should to a C? That you could. Well, I could could. take my grandmother to get her hair done. I could spend more time doing homework with my kids. I could show more interest in sex with my husband. I I could. Could doesn't communicate shame or beating yourself up. Could presents opportunity. I could, but it's a crossroads of I could, but I might choose not to for various reasons, and that's okay. There's just not any shame to could or couldn't. Right. Uh, whereas there's a lot of Make shame to should of and shouldn't. Yep. And so let's apply this to the marriage bed. I know that we have a lot of emailers at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com who will say we have, and they're complaining, obviously, we haven't had sex in 60 days or four months or whatever. Well, how about if you just change the wording a little bit and say, I have not successfully inspired sex with my spouse in too long and it's time for me to inspire sex with my spouse not require it but inspire it and and an even better way to put it is it's been 60 days since i offered my spouse a really great orgasm so to say to your spouse it's been too long i would love to give you a really great orgasm no expectations required of just can I please do this for you? Because I'm thinking, surely you're overdue. Surely it would be a stress reliever for you. I don't know. Well, I mean, I say, I don't know very many people on the planet that would turn that down, but I know that there are other issues. We'll get into that on another show. I promise. (laughs) Can can I, can I enter? Can I introduce exactly, you to a lot of my exactly. clients? Exactly. <laughs> so we will we will definitely get into that on another show of what happens when your okay. spouse just really doesn't seem as interested in the sexual act as you are. So we will come back to that. But let's go back to comparing them. Um, like I immediately okay. think, Corey, about the fact that you and I will both be the week that this airs, we will be attending the American Association of Christian Counselors National Conference there in Dallas. And I mm-hmm. know that this particular conference. I mean, I can't speak for both of us, but I've heard many other speakers and counselors say the same thing, that it's like a dog and pony show and that you really have to guard yourself against walking through the, the plethora of aisles in the exhibit hall and comparing 
your banner to their banner, your book to their book, your book signing space to right. their book signing space. Like there's just so many com uh, comparisons going on. It almost does feel yep. like a competition for people's attention at a conference. Yep. Um, and even just comparing your workshop title of, you know, who came up with the best one type of a thing, but it really does kill the joy of being present at an event like this. And, and rather than focus on what mm -hmm. everybody else is doing or not doing, focus on I'm bringing my personal best to this experience. I like my workshop title. I like my banner. I like my book cover, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So focus on instead of comparing yourself to other couples of, oh, well, I hear so-and-so is having great hot sex and hey, his wife loves to give blowjobs and da, da, da. stop comparing yourself to other people or especially what you see on television or in the movies and start looking at, am I bringing my personal best to this relationship? Am I inspiring rather than requiring sexual intimacy from my spouse? Am I giving them something worth wanting? And if the answer is sketchy, you might just want to ask for some clarification on that. What exactly do you need from me? Do you okay. want from me in the season of our marriage? What can I do to make you feel comfortable, safe, secure, inspired, sexy? What can I do for you? If you come at it with that attitude, which was it? John F. Kennedy asked not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Mm -hmm. Ask what yep. you can do for your spouse instead of what your spouse can do for you. Yeah. Because let's, I want to steer back a little bit to the email we started with because I, I want to honor our listener that had the willingness and courage to, to step out and email us at feedback at sexymergeradio.com. Um, that, because she says, I think especially that she wasn't into sex for so many years and there were a lot of times that she barely did more than lay there. I don't know what to do with, with myself now that I'm actually into it. Part of being vulnerable and having that sexual courage that we've talked about, because that's been a show we just did. But I think a lot of it is just not knowing actual technique. Sure. I know I can kiss his neck, rub his penis, get on top, etc. But I feel like I have a very limited go-to's makes me almost want to watch porn or something and get a better idea of what goes on during sex for other people. To clarify, I'm not going to do that, but, but I want to curious. know a little more about what technique. What a great so, place to be. That is a fantastic thing, and that's why I say steer it back to the husband, but also steer, it, steer the conversation to having a conversation about what do you guys do that you do well, and then in your own self-talk, what could you be doing even outside of the bedroom that would amplify what happens in the bedroom? Because sometimes it's not about technique. It's about presence. It's about willingness. It's about interest. It's about responsiveness. It's, I mean, there's a lot of different things because if, if a woman ups her game, this is what I do, talk about a whole lot in uh, husband mastermind groups, is when a wife ups her game, quote unquote, it puts a lot of pressure on a husband. But there's also a component of a husband that wants that. You know, so it's like, how do I increase the likelihood or invite that dynamic? Because I have to have this interplay between us. So while technique is important, technique is more important to the uniqueness of the two people mm. involved, of what works with the right. two people, not what's going to work with everybody. Because then we're talking normalcy. You know, then we're talking the bringing in weather, <laughs> the idea of, because uh, I came across, this is not research stat. This is just a, a basic stat of. 30% of what you try isn't going to work hmm. anyway. That's a pretty substantial number. <laughs> on, One out on of just, three things. Just because of, well, just because of physical ability. I mean, because if you, if you, if you Google sexual technique 
And you could even find, you know, we had a guy, a graphic artist send in via Legos of what he, you know, depicting he and his wife's sex life, which is hilarious. But if you Google that, you can find that's not, it's not nudity. It's, it's figures that are put in positions. There's so many different positions. I mean, everybody has come up with there. Can there be any new ways that you could actually have sex have intercourse that hasn't been tried probably not no nothing new under the sun but a lot of what you could try you i mean i look at that and if pam and i were having a conversation i was like i can't do that you know i can't do that position i maybe could have done that when i was (laughs) in my 20s but now that i'm 45 there's no way you know and it's just so it's just recognizing I don't care so much about technique. I care about presence of the two people right. involved. And there in can it. be great energy level so, without gymnastic yes. type positions and yes. activities. That- because it could be it could be just as simple as, and I'm going to speak straight to the listener that emailed us. This It could be just as simple as if, let's say, you're having sex, it's just normal missionary position, but instead... You have him tilt his body so he is more upright. He penetrates you from that position, and you stimulate yourself with your own fingers. That could be something that's totally mind-boggling, uncharted territory that changes everything and, for both And leave of the lights on or, so he can watch you stimulate yourself. Right. Or you grab his penis from the top and his scrotum from underneath. And, I mean, there's all kinds of different things. It's like, okay. And a lot of it is just try it. And you see the response you get from it because technique is really about what is there clitoral stimulation? Is there G spot stimulation? Is there penile stimulation? Is there visual stimulation? I mean, it's just how can I increase the likelihood of all these types of stimulations that break, make it a pleasurable right. experience? For both and also the whole notion of there are certain places that I'm supposed to touch where I should be touching. And there are certain ways that I should be touching it. You know, there's really no right or wrong when it comes to massaging a penis. I, I, from what I understand from, from how men respond is just touch me there and I'm happy type of a thing. Uh, <laughs> so really just soaking. Well, there's, there, there are, there are more sensitive sure, spots sure. than it, others. It, it, Right underneath the t- right underneath right, the tip and, of and it, underneath the scrotum the and the taint where it taint the balls and taint the butt, but yep. it's yeah where the prostate gland yep. is. That's kind of the million dollar spot, right? But what I was going to say though is that if you just start by just gazing at his body, because I think that there's something deeply psychological for a man to have a woman looking at him totally naked, and then just begin touching, rubbing, caressing you're going to get a response. It's going to become erect. And then watching his facial features and his vocal responses. I mean, usually men will kind of roll their eyes back in their head and give a little groan when something feels really good. So the bottom line is just become a student of his responses. And the same thing is true with, with her of just watch her when she arches her back, when she gives that little groan, when she (gasps) inhales a little bit out of surprise, that's usually a positive response. You might want to think about doing what you just did again and again. And, you know, so let it be organic. The whole thing of what should I be doing? Give me a a to-do list, a checklist of, of where to go and what to do and with what pressure and intensity. Stop. Just let it be a playground right. where you explore, play. Right. The problem, yeah, because the problem with a playlist 
is now I'm thinking script and I'm not connecting right. with my partner. I'm just going through the motions. I'm playing a role. And that's a whole other option you could do is you could play a role if you both go into this, that it could just be, hey, let's dress up a little different to start this thing. But the other thing is I want to challenge couples to take sex out of the bedroom as in the foreplay that they do out of the bedroom because it, it's just be intentional because I know as on the day we're recording this, my wife and as we and I this morning as we were getting kids around for school, there was a some tension. Between, in a good way? In a good way. There was some, yeah, absolutely, because she was picking up things out of the, she was getting her lunch together, and she was, but every time she had to lean over or something, she was intentionally <laughs> Wagging positioning her herself. She knew exact, she knew exactly <laughs> what she was doing, and I could tell uh-huh. because of her eyes. I was watching her, and there was just this playfulness going on, and and one of it was kind of this little tension. I don't remember what I said, but Sydney was like, are you guys fighting? And I'm like, oh, no, we're not fighting, babe. And then she's like, I know what's going on then. And she just kind of went back to eating her, eating her breakfast. But it's just this idea of that's something that we grow into that we don't even think about. That's Esther Perel's idea of for, orga- wait, foreplay starts mm-hmm. after orgasm. Because you're setting up the next one. And so some of this technique could be not what you're doing during sex. It's what you're doing outside of it to set up what you do right. in it. Look, Pay attention to what you wear, what you wear underneath, if you mm-hmm. wear anything <laughs> underneath, and make sure he knows or she knows. And it's just that idea of that's the interplay that is creating a deeper connection. And that's where we actually get to technique isn't right. as important. Because now all of a sudden, I just want that bond. Now I want that connection. Now I want sexual that energy is flowing and it's organic. It's of our own creation. Right. It's not from a script or a to-do list. Right. Right. And then sex actually started hours right. ago. And we get a chance to finally culminate it in the actual active intercourse. But it's still, it's been Well, and I like the idea of foreplay needs to start outside the bedroom because uh, I'm going to say it. Let's be real. Uh, if you wait until you get into the bedroom to even start flirting around it it's not going to happen because once you get into the bedroom right. your brain is programmed i'm here to sleep and i'm exhausted and we need to do a show on that too yep. of, are you too tired for sex really because that's a frequent complaint that we get at feedback at sexy marriage radio.com sure. but hey Corey, sure. I, I have to tell this really quick story because this topic of comparison i just feel as if it wouldn't be complete if i didn't share this um when i was writing okay. the sexually confident wife book i had to go into barnes and noble and take all the books off the shelf that I felt like were even closely related to my topic on sexual confidence for women. And I asked the clerk, can you lead me in the right direction? And she said, oh, I, I, I don't know anything about those books. And, and uh, she said, if, if my husband had brought home one of those books, I would have just looked at him like, who do you think I am? And I thought, you know, she's really attractive. She's, you know, very weight proportionate and petite and you know, look like a strong, vibrant woman. And I said, well, do you mind my asking why you felt that way? And she got really angry, not at me, just angry in general. And she said, have you seen the women in those books? I don't look like that. And I thought, okay, wow. And so I took like 12 books over to a chair and with two hours to just peruse through and I saw exactly what she was referring to. Within the first two books, I was thinking, I felt sexy right. this morning when I put on my bra and panties and got ready for the day. But <laughs> right now, I'm feeling like a total sloth. That When we compare ourselves to airbrushed supermodels, 
we're never, ever, ever going to feel like we measure up. So if body image is something that you really wrestle with, you might want to think about not looking at those magazines, not watching America's Next Top Model, maybe avoiding those types of shows so that you're not comparing yourself to women who are half your age and half your size and half your weight. It's just not a fair comparison, and it's going to rob you of sexual confidence. I'm going to add to it. If that's something that you face and you struggle with, then maybe you should also uh, lay off Facebook for a while, yeah. lay off Twitter <laughs> so for much a while, comparison. lay off social media where stuff is portrayed that we, we portray the best of us, quote unquote, or the perceived right. best of us. And you're comparing and, the best of your friends really easy. to the worst of your own life yep. and wondering why you don't feel like you measure yep. up. It's very easy to mm-hmm. compare. So it's just recognizing maybe I need to examine how am I conducting my life and is it leading towards what I'm struggling with and Mm -hmm. and solutions or not, or am I just in a rocking chair complaining or am I, you know, how do I get up off the, uh, out of the chair and do something about it? Cause I've even had people and there's somebody that left this, this comment on iTunes for our show of their, her recommendation. And I think it was a, her was, this is a great show when both are on board. It's it's really frustrating right. when it, only it's one It's hard when a spouse is, is not on that train and with I, you. I get it. And so she needed to stop listening. And sure. I understand that. I don't hold that against anybody on, hey, listen to our show, please, because it'll help. I, I, yeah, it will. But I also know we're up against hurdles when we're dealing with sex with, with right. another human being. It takes two to tango. It's just difficult sometimes. And both people create the relational dynamic. Yeah. But I do think that avoiding the comparison game is great advice for everybody across the board, man or woman. And like I know you mentioned Facebook, this whole 30-day marriage challenge thing that's been going on. I know that that's probably hit some people's nerves who feel as if, you know what, my marriage is really rocky right now. My marriage is really struggling. I don't want to do that. You know what? Then don't do it. Just put your energies on what can I do during the next 30 days to at least try to connect with my spouse or to at least try to serve my spouse in some way. Don't worry about what you're going to put out there on Facebook to make people think you have the perfect marriage. You don't have the perfect marriage. None of us do. Get over it. Right. Yeah. One of the things that, that surprisingly helped me confront some of this kind of stuff, and I never thought I would do this willingly, <laughs> is I gave up direct TV. And we, we still have TV. We use Sling. And so that means we just stream stuff over the internet. But it also means I don't just sit there and flip through channels. Because that was you my struggle. You have to be intentional about looking there. for what you're looking for. And so... So now it's like, you know, there's something I want to watch. I'm going to watch it, and then I'm moving on. And that's a different Sling. approach. I'll look into it. To things. It's a great thing, and it was, and it's cheap compared to what we were paying. I mean, it's 20 bucks a month. But it's just the idea of being intentional about stuff is, is where we find uncharted waters. It's where we break up routines. It's where we confront the shoulds. And so that's the goal. Is I hope you people see from this show, the goal is... Take yes, should out of the equation. Could what could I it, do? Make it, yep. Make it, make it could, and also into the context of what you already do. How could it be better? How do you be, take the courage to bring up something different with your partner? Yep. That's a great path. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. We love you for See listening. You next time. If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level.
and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. Learn more at SexyMarriageRadio.com by clicking on the purple button.